Welcome to the only podcast that shares the astronomical and mathematical positions of the heavenly bodies. This is Sky Astrology. No, not astrology. This is Sky Astrology via astronomy. So let's do where the heavenly bodies were on the 10th for most of the day. You know, it's the 10th of December and we started the Afuka season at the beginning of December, more or less. On the 30th, we have the zero degrees and then the first day of December, we had the one degrees of Afukas and kind of how that's how you can count it, at least in these days of Afukas until the 18th. So yesterday on the 10th and still for some people it is the 10th we had the sun at 10 degrees of a focus we have mercury at 17 degrees of a focus for most of the day it will be going to 18 degrees tomorrow on the 11th um PST and GMT time. Saturn is still at nine degrees Capricorn and Jupiter is at 26 degrees of Capricornius. The moon was in Aquarius all day. I'm going to give you particular times after I talk about where these were on the 10th. Um, Neptune is at 22 degrees, ever so slowly moving forward, but thank goodness, a little bit clearer, clarity has come, I've seen in some instances. Chiron is 16 degrees retrograde still. Uranus is also retrograde at 12 degrees. Um, Aries and Cetus, the North Node is 7 degrees of Taurus, and the Mars. Mars is and has been on this day at 20 degrees of Libra. Okay. And as I mentioned, I'm not sure, maybe I mentioned because I re-recorded a few of these, that Venus is conjunct Pluto, where it has been conjunct since the degree of 27. Today, on the 10th, it's conjunct the degree of 28 and will be um, probably sometime tomorrow later on the 11th or 12th we'll look and see it will be conjunct on the 29 degrees and this 29 which is an 11 that's where it will station at this powerful point even though it literally doesn't move to be viewed as a retrograde heavenly body until later on next week. (laughs) So that will be quite interesting to look at. So of course the moon is the one that changes. So when it's the 10th PST time on December the 10th for the time of 33 minutes after 7 p.m. on the 10th. The moon and 
Neptune will be aligned in the same space. Okay, and that will be quite interesting that the moon and Neptune will both be vibrating at a 22 degrees. Then we also have, I don't know if I said Saturn was nine degrees. So I hope so. So you have that. Um, and also the moon, the sun will for sure on the 11th be at 11 degrees of a focus. Okay, and of course, um, at the time in the evening on the 10th PST time at 33 minutes after 7 p.m., Mercury will be at 17 degrees and then later on will be on the 11th at 18 degrees. So let's do where the heavenly bodies are for the 11th. And let's do the time of, I like to do eight in the morning because it's 4.44 p.m. in the GMT time. So we're giving here the heavenly bodies position for the 11th of December, PST 8.44 in the morning, but GMT 4.44 in the afternoon. And we still have Mars at 20 degrees. We have the sun at 11 degrees, but it will slowly be moving in the afternoon to 12. We have, ooh, we have our Mercury zero degree. Ooh. So the exact time is in those of you who have the calendar. And I feel so inspired by this zero degrees in a focus. Wow. So yeah. Well, it's zero, it's not zero degrees focus, zero degrees Sagittarius, but it's at the end. So we're at the end of um this this focus energy and there's been a lot of creative energy for sure around that we still have venus and pluto at 28 degrees but they are at exactly the same degree and arch minute which will be quite exciting to see how that pans out Saturn is still at nine degrees of Capricorn. Jupiter is still at 26 degrees Capricornius, but it will be moving, uh, I'm sure, by the 12th to 27. Uh, our sun, our, our Neptune is still at 22. Now the moon has moved into Pisces, and it is at four degrees of Pisces at that time of 444, da, 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 which is good to know. And Chiron is still at 16 degrees Pisces. Uranus is still the same as the earlier version. And so is the node and everything else. So I don't have to repeat that for you, do I? So 
the most exciting news I have is about who was born on the 10th in 1815. Now, if you've heard the name Lovelace before, I wonder in what context you've heard it. Because I have to admit, I did not know there was another Lovelace. Why are we not educated about the people who have made such an impact on our lives more than, say, the sensationalized personalities? So, if you know about Linda Lovelace, you can, you can research it. I want to keep this PG. But, there's a woman called Agusta Ada Lovelace. And she was known as the first computer. <laughs> yes, and this is a little story I want to tell because I just love to explore the creative um, hints that are so prevalent in Fuka's energies. So, long time ago, this French man and other people connected engineers, French man made a machine with a loom, a loom. The loom was making the pattern jacquard. You might know it, right? Jackhart. I put a link in the image. And this loom was basically a computer to program with the punch holes what performance the loom would do to create the pattern. And so as it were, this inspired other people to use it for other things to program, not just making jacquard design with garn, but to program it to do other things. But there was a woman who was very good in math, but was a mother, was not really working in math, was a society housewife, as you say, at the time. And she met the engineer who was developing something like to, cal to use the calculations of this concept from the Jack, Jack, I did say Jackard. Oh, I don't know, because my, all my, my windows left me. <laughs> Let's see if um, I can find it. Let me see. see. Jackard. Anyway, I think I put all the links in, which is good, right? And so you can find them. Anyway, anyhow, um, you know, this is a creative machine at making these patterns. And she was the first to Ada when she saw that and she spoke with the guy who was working with the computer and thinking, oh, his name was Charge Bambage. He was like, oh, this is a, a digi this is a computer. This is like a mechanism, they're thinking, right? This was very mechanical, the computer, working with these holes to make, to give it information. But Ada 
saw the possibility to program that machine. And so she's been called the first computer programmer. Whoa, right? And that also led to, you know, understanding how you can create algorithms. So if you want this, do that, you know how it goes, right? Programming, we do it now in automation. So I found that quite interesting and she has a very colorful life um, with her, her heritage and her, her um, uh, say flamboyant, um, liberated for those times, woman married at 19, three kids by 24, and then working closely with <laughs> great minds. Um, yeah, so you're going to let your imagination, but think a focus woman, <laughs> may I say. Yeah, so uh, I found that quite interesting. And so there's a link to that. And then there's another woman who's born on the 11th. And she's also uh, was clever with maths and she ended up to be an astronomer. And what I found so poignant about her story is that her mother taught her the constellations when she was a little girl. And that is why she, her interest, be, you know, grew from that very experience with her mother. And also Ada's mother was also very supportive of Ada's gifts as a mathematician, you know, showed promise in maths. Now, Ada was born in England, in London to be exact, but on the 11th in 1863, did I say when Ada was born? Should I? Probably. Oh yeah, I did, 1815. So 1863, some 50 years later, in Dover, Delaware, there was a woman called Anna Jump Cannon. Anna Jump Cannon. And Anna Jump Cannon is a pioneering astronomer who invented the stellar classification system. Now, the funny thing is, there's always, I have to say, I have to, or I had to say it, that there's always some sexual overtones with a Fuca's energy. There's just no escaping it. And um, the, this is kind of the short term for the stellar calculation that she um, created is a kind of funny, uh, you know, yeah, a little bit of a funny um, abbreviation so that people could remember what it was, the stellar um, calculation, because it's a bunch of um, letters and, you know, knowing what stars, what kind of stars they were to classify them about their certain electromagnetic radiation to tell the difference. So you have O, 
meaning O-type, cool, and um, different carbon stars. You have C and D is for white dwarfs. In any event, this is what Anna Jump Cannon is to be remembered for. And she was instrumental in the development of these classifications. Okay. Um, oh yeah, I have to go back to Ada at one point. I'm just looking because I had, oh, here it is. So <laughs> the, like the acrimon, acrimon for O-B-A-F-G-K-M, those different um, classifications, the division of stars into spectral classes, they memorized them as, oh, be a fine girl, kiss me, as a way to remember the classification. So, you know, that just seems so, um, <laughs> yeah, in a way silly, but uh, a little bit on the um, side of sensual, you could say. Um, I'd like to know that she never really uh, married as well. She was just really obsessed with stars. There's, there's another woman I, I highlighted in my story. Yes, yeah, Cecilia Payne collaborated with her. Yes, I have a post in my Instagram about Cecilia Payne. Um, she collaborated with Canon and used Canon's data to show that the stars were composed mainly of hydrogen and helium. So, you know, when you think about it, the really my some monumental ideas are coming from women and not only just women but i think about women back in the 1800s right <laughs> um and so it's it's good to put this in context it's good that we have the internet thank you ada now um enable for us to um explore the truth to find her story and not just know his story. Now, just a little footnote before I go is that Ada, you know, kind of interesting. I pulled her the sky and she had the midpoint of her sun and moon almost conjunct of Saturn in a focus. And when I want to explain that, so Saturn is about limitation in a way. And the midpoint of sun and the moon is the mother and the father, the masculine and feminine. So Ada's father was a famous poet called Lord Byron. And he was yeah, flamboyant kind of lover. And um, he left the family when she was four years old and had several affairs and also possibly a rumor of a um, not a very unsavory one. In any event, her mother wanted to kind of keep her, <laughs> keep her safe from, I guess, the genes of the father. So she decided to keep like, to have periods where Ada wasn't to move. Like she wasn't to move, she had to like stay still. So Ada, I guess in these periods or because of these periods, developed something called 
flyology. <laughs> and I guess she and she was very young when she did it. And I think it's because she was a way to escape the physical um what do you say the her physical situation where she was forced to be still okay um she wrote the theory of flyology uh which is a kind of like a building wings like to fly on a powered flight that accurately documented wing body ratios to achieve flight she was 12 years old when she published it 12 years old so i guess you know when you think about it just some drop came into me came to me that the, the school system that wants to change they could say like wait a second these kids young they know a lot but they are nurtured at home and the mother teaching them constellations and the other one the mother told them be still think of something else or do the mass whatever the mother knows and supporting this then who knows what they can come up with right ada comes up with the program for the computer um Anna comes up with the stellular cons uh, constellations. Is it a constellations? It's stellar classifications. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And so, I don't know. I want to kind of take a moment because we're talking about children, because we know children are the most important thing. Important um, that thing. <laughs> the children are our most valuable uh, human uh, expression. And there are ways of nurturing them. And in a kind of feedback information, we got some feedback from someone in the community that said the one eye of the sky astrology could be misinterpreted so that was a prompt for me to explore different um, visuals graphics for the logo and in that exploration I was able to complete a bit of the design that had been kind of bothering me because it's nice to have like a logo and we want to do some merch with it but what does the logo say besides sky astrology what is it's just a word right but what does it mean what purpose does it have now I know I knew before but now I'm convinced that that is the priority and that is our logo is Sky Astrology, inviting children to look up. Inviting children to look up. And this came about about a week ago, within the last week. And yeah, what a wonderful day to announce that on the day of Anna Jump Cannon's Be Earth date, because her mother taught her to look up. So I can't, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the universe bringing that all in, bringing that all in together, and you heard it here first. So I'm gonna do another post 
with um, our logo and a video that I made that um, also a little bit of information about possible star um, well not really possible star but understanding how astronomy is related to this day of Christmas because there's a transit of a star there and just that information I hope will give a little bit of context to astronomy and the three wise men who were magi who were actually astronomers and astrologers um, magic from magic 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 men knowing how to work with alchemy knowing how to follow the stars and read the sky anyway I'm gonna go now leave you to it it's not too long lots of love for me thank you for listening and have a fantastic moment cheerio hello 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 welcome to the 405th episode of where the heavenly bodies are as we in this focus season are actually sharing where the heavenly bodies are my name is Claudette and I am happy to share with you the mathematical expression of where the heavenly bodies are for the 10th which was for me yesterday I'm in GMT time but it's still the 10th in parts of America and for the 11th Saturday the 11th GMT time <laughs> too so first I just want to take a moment to let you know that I appreciate you listening to what I have to say or share might not always be comfortable And I want to be mindful of the word magic, of the true power that we have. The true power that we have to heal the ills that we are currently in. And through positive words, through empowering words, just like with the knowledge of the mathematical sky. I hope to share with you things, energies, expressions that also bring a balance into your life on either side. So on the 10th, we have had, I think it's late from the 9th, I mentioned Venus and Pluto conjunct. Now, they're going to be conjunct for quite some time because first, 
when Venus is approaching Pluto, which is now, well, which was yesterday, then it became conjunct for a moment at 27 degrees. Now they're conjunct at 28 degrees. Probably tomorrow they'll be conjunct at 29, slowly where they'll be, but they will be stationed at 29 degrees for a few days. So if you're feeling, um, if you're curious about this coming conjunction and the also full moon, which will be in Orion, um, but the moon was in Orion, sorry, information, spoiler, on 9-11. Um, so we are in this Afuka season where you could say anything can happen, but let's focus on where the heavenly bodies are. Oh, seems like something crashed. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, this says it got too many windows open. <laughs> and then we'll talk about a woman with the last name of Lovelace. Now, I wonder if you know which Lovelace I'm talking about. Because when I was growing up in my time, I only knew about Linda, but there's Augusta Ada, which is actually known as the first computer programmer. It's a little bit more complicated than that, but I've got some links in today's image where you can explore exactly but it's an incredible story, which I will entertain to you in the, after I tell you where the heavenly bodies are. 